You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. The next wife that we'll discuss tonight is Um Habiba. Bintu Abi Sufyan. Her name was Ramla. She was the daughter of Abu Sufyan. There are some historians who said her name was Hind, but the correct opinion is that her name was Ramla because her mother was Hind. She's the daughter of Abu Sufyan. Her title was Um Habiba. So if she is the daughter of Abu Sufyan, she's the sister of who? Muawiyah. Muawiyah is her brother, her mother, no sorry, her mother was not Hind, uh, she was another woman, her mother was Safiya bint Abil As, she is the aunt of Uthman, so that makes her the cousin of Uthman, so the daughter of Abu Sufyan, Um Habiba, she is the cousin of Uthman, bint Ammat Uthman, because her mother Safiya is the Amma of Uthman. She also had an aunt by the name of Um Jamil bint Harb, anyone remembers who Um Jamil was? This, so Zawjat Abu Lahab, the wife of, of Abu Lahab was the aunt of Um Habiba. She was born 30 years before the Hijrah, 17 years before the Ba'tha, 30 years before the Hijrah. She embraced Islam in the city of Mecca and her husband was Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh, he also embraced Islam. So early on they were among those early Muslims who embraced the religion of Islam. Then if you remember when we talked about the migration to Habasha year one of the biography, there were two waves of migration. The first one was, was, the first one was, was with Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, the first wave of migration, and then there was a second wave of migration. Um Habiba along with her husband Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh, they went to Habasha to Abyssinia migrating from Mecca due to the persecution against Muslims, in the second migration to Habasha. So she goes to Habasha. This is probably now year six of the Ba'tha after the religion of Islam. Her husband came from the tribe of Banu Asad, so she migrates with him. Many historians believed, believe that when she arrived Habasha, Later on she gave birth to Habiba, her daughter, and that's why she's called Um Habiba, because her daughter, her name was Habiba. Other historians say no, she had Habiba in Mecca, then when she was an infant they migrated to Habasha. Some other historians say no, she was pregnant when she migrated from Mecca to Habasha, but it was in Habasha that she delivered Habiba. So most historians agree that Habiba was born in Habasha. Now she lived for years in Habasha, many years later Um Habiba is presented with a challenge, what happens in Habasha? 
her husband Ubaidullah ibn Jahsh, he deflects, he leaves the religion of Islam and he becomes a Christian. Because remember the Najashi ruled Ethiopia, Habasha, modern day Ethiopia, what was called Abyssinia back then, and it was a Christian society. There were many Christians there. So over time her husband came to accept Christianity and so he left the religion of Islam. When he left the religion of Islam, he separated from his wife. He left his wife. So now Um Habiba was left in Habasha without a husband and she has a daughter Habiba. The news reached the Prophet who was now in Medina at the time. The Prophet had now migrated to Medina several years after the migration. This is now probably year five or six of the Hijrah or maybe even seven, somewhere between five to seven. The Prophet hears that Um Habiba, the daughter of Abu Sufyan, she's in Habasha, her husband left her, there's no one protecting her, so she needs someone to support her. So in the year six of the Hijrah, the Prophet says, I am willing to support her and I am willing to marry her. So many, many historians mention that the Prophet's proposal came when she was still in Habasha. She was in Habasha, the Prophet made a proposal to marry her. And the Prophet did eventually marry her. Some narrations indicate her dowry was 400 dinars. Now this was a very high dowry because normally the Prophet would give what amount of dowry? 400 dirhams. The dinar is 10 times the amount of the dirham because it's a gold coin, not a silver coin. So 400 dinars is about 4,000 dirhams. And in fact, there is one hadith that states the mahar of the Prophet was 4,000. This hadith is from Imam al-Baqir He says, Tadri min It was customary at the time of Imam al-Baqir for men to give a dowry of 4,000 to their women was normal, customary. Yes, some would give Mahr sunnah 400 dirhams, but some would give 4,000. And Imam al-Baqir says, do you know why people started giving 4,000? He said, no, I don't know why. فَقَالَ إِنَّ أُمْ حَبِيبَ بِنْتَ أَبِي سُفْيَانَ كَانَتْ بِالْحَبَشَةِ فَخَطَبَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَاقَ إِلَيْهَا عِنْدَ النَّجَاشِ أَرْبَعَةَ آلَافِ He says, the Prophet gave her 4,000 as the dowry, and therefore, some people started to give this type of dowry to their woman. So we do have a hadith that it was 4,000. Now, there are hadiths that indicate the Najashi paid the 4,000. So what's the story behind that? What is the role of the Najashi in this marriage? So some sources indicate that the Prophet sent a letter to Najashi, Remember, the Prophet would constantly send letters to An-Najashi. In fact, in our sources, we even believe that Najashi became a Muslim. The Prophet invited him to the religion of Islam. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I accept you as the Prophet of Allah. Tell me what, what to do. If, if right now you tell me to leave my kingdom and come and serve you, I will. The Prophet says, no, you're a just king, stay where you are and establish justice in society. So the Prophet would regularly communicate with Najashi in the form of letters. So he sends him a letter. What does the Prophet tell him in the letter? He tells him, Um Habiba, 
her husband left her, she ain't from your tribe, because remember she comes from the Quraysh tribe, she's the daughter of Abu Sufyan, I would also like to give you some gifts on this occasion of marrying Um Habiba, some clothes, garments, shoes to the Prophet so Najashi accepts, in fact he gives the gift, there are even reports stating that the 4,000 mahar, the dowry, Najashi is the one who pays for it on behalf of Rasulullah So this is one version that tells us how the marriage happened. Yes, there is another, uh, you know, version that Al-Hakim Al-Naysaburi states, Al-Hakim Al-Naysaburi states when she left Habasha, she came to Medina, Uthman ibn Affan is also her cousin, she's related to Uthman, so Uthman brought her to the Prophet and the Prophet asked Uthman, I would like to marry Um Habiba, so they accepted and he married her. This is one version that Al-Hakim Al-Naysaburi uh, mentions. Some sources indicate after she married the Prophet Abu Sufyan came to see her. Abu Sufyan here at this point, he still was not a Muslim yet. But he came without a war, he came just to see his daughter. Because they had a treaty, remember after Hudaybiyah they had a treaty with the pagans, so Abu Sufyan came to extend the treaty or to talk about the treaty. فَدَخَلَ عَلَىٰ ابْنَتِهِ أُمْ حَبِيبَةً He came to see his daughter. فَلَمْ تَتْرُكْهُ يَجْلِسْ عَلَىٰ فِرَاشِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ She told him the, you know, uh, blanket or the sheet that the Prophet would sit on, you're not allowed to sit on it. He says, why? Are you afraid that I'm going to do something to the blanket? I don't understand. She tells him, you are a najis mushrik and you're not allowed <laughs> to sit on the uh, blanket of the Prophet Ibn al-Athir, he narrates this hadith. So he got very upset <laughs> with his daughter for saying that because at this point he was still a pagan. Now let's discuss this important point. Why did the Prophet marry her? Remember she's the daughter of Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan is Kabirul Mushrikeen at this time. He's the leader of the pagans. Why would you marry her? And that's how Muawiyah became Khal al-Mu'mineen, the uncle of the believers as they say, right? Why would the Prophet marry her? Tough one, yeah? <laughs> I'll share with you my thoughts and what some scholars have mentioned. See the Prophet in some of his marriages, he would not necessarily look at the woman herself and what kind of qualities she has because as we shall see, Um Habiba has some negative stances after the Prophet She sided with Uthman, she sided with Muawiyah, even Ibn Abi Hadid says she hated Ali ibn Abi Talib She comes from a shajar al-mal'una, do you uh, find that surprising? From the cursed tree of Al Abi Sufyan. So the Prophet sometimes he would marry a woman because she has the qualities like Khadija, he wanted to start, start a family life with her, so he chose her for the qualities that she had. But sometimes the Prophet had a social message to send to 
uphold justice and to show loyalty. See, in the end, in the end, Um Habiba, she became Muslim in Mecca. Her father was fighting Muslims. She had the courage to come and become a Muslim. And she sacrificed, she went to Habasha. It's not easy to leave your hometown and your father is the chief. And remember, she, if she, had she stayed in Mecca, her father Abu Sufyan is a very respected man. So she put herself through pain, through trouble. She went to Habasha and then her husband leaves her. He becomes a Christian, he separates from her. She has no one to take care of her. The Prophet has to send a message in society that you people who sacrificed for Islam, you left your home, you didn't fight us, in fact you stood with us, the least that we can do is to take care of you. I know you're the daughter of Abu Sufyan, of course, but I have to send a social message that if there are people who leave their hometown, they sacrifice for us, they stand with Islam and now they're left with no supporter, not a father to support her because he's against her. He's the leader of the mushrikeen, not a husband to support her because he left her. I as the leader of this religion, I as the leader of the Muslims, I have to take the initiative to support her. So the Prophet was sending a message that Muslims, if you come and join us, don't think we'll let you down, we'll help you, we'll support you. If the Prophet had abandoned her and had nothing to do with her, then some people would have said, look at Muhammad the daughter of his enemy, she sacrifices, she comes to Habasha, her husband leaves her and he doesn't even care. The Prophet wanted to show I care. Yeah, maybe she or Habiba is not such a good faithful woman. Maybe there's some hypocrisy here and there that later will show at, after the Prophet But in the end, uh, I have to thank her for her stances. See, the Prophet did not deal with people based on their niyyah, right? Even the, 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 the munafiqeen in Medina. Did the Prophet expose them for their intentions all the time? No, the Prophet goes by the dhawahir, by the appearance. If you come and sacrifice and you defend, the Prophet thanks you. That's the least that he can do. The Prophet to show her appreciation and to show the society appreciation that if you support Islam, we stand with you. To show appreciation, he married her. Does this make sense or you have objections to that? Makes sense, yeah? Any, any objections to that? <laughs> so the Prophet marries her. Now, Sunni scholars of tafsir, they claim that verse 7 of Surah Al-Mumtahana was revealed about this marriage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in this verse, Asallahu an yaj'ala baynakum wa bayna alladheena aadaytum minhum mawadda wallahu qadirun wallahu ghafoorun rahim. Allah says yes right now there is enmity between you and Quraysh but hopefully soon there is going to be peace. So some Sunni scholars of tafsir they said it's through the marriage of the Prophet with Um Habiba, the daughter of Abu Sufyan, that they became close to the Meccans and how that's how they got rid of the enmity. Shia scholars disagree, they say no. Why? They say, when was this verse revealed? This verse was revealed when the Prophet entered Mecca in the year of Fatih Mecca. 
year seven or eight of the hijrah, the conquest of Mecca, when the Prophet was at the gates of Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse telling the Muslims, look, inshallah soon this will be peacefully over with. When did the Prophet marry Um Habiba? Before that, at least a year before that in the year six of the hijrah. So it's very unlikely that this verse is about the marriage of the Prophet with Um Habiba because the Prophet was already married to her. Then a year later Allah says, you know Allah wants to make peace, it's unlikely. So a lot of Shia scholars they dispute the claim that this was revealed about Um Habiba and that through her Allah made peace with the Quraysh. It really did not have a significant impact. It was impactful by the way because now that Abu Sufyan saw the Prophet married his daughter that encouraged him not to fight and that's why at the conquest of Mecca they surrendered. It definitely did help but it was not the main reason. The main reason was the power of the Muslims. The Prophet came with a massive army. The Meccans had no chance to fight the Prophet. Now we'll end the discussion by some of the negative stances that came from Um Habiba after the Prophet Number one, she tried her best to defend Uthman. Uthman, remember the corruption that he spread, so many people, many Muslims were fed up, so they led a revolution against Uthman. Um Habiba, because Uthman is her cousin, she really tried to help him. And uh, when the rebels, they basically surrounded his palace, and they did not allow anyone to enter, even bring him water or food. She tried to go, but they stopped her. They saw that she was carrying water. I think one hadith says, Malik al-Ashtar. He says, what are you carrying, Um Habiba? So she admits, she says, I'm carrying food and water for Uthman. He says, no, you have no right to enter here. He has to surrender. He's become very, very corrupt. Another hadith states that she kharajat ala baglatin bayda. She came on a white baghla, which is a mule that you ride, and she started to defend Uthman. Oh people, don't attack Uthman, leave him alone. Now, when you ask Sunnis about what she did, and especially about what Aisha did by riding the camel and going to Jamal, to Basra at the Battle of Jamal, they tell you, look, Aisha, and Um Habiba, they wanted Islah, they wanted reform, so they had good intentions. The answer to that, first of all, they violated the Quran. The Quran says, وَقَرْنَا فِي بُيُوتُكُنَّ Stay in your homes. Why did Um Habiba come and ride the, the, the mule in front of men and she's mobilizing? Why? Who gave her that right? The Prophet and the Quran said, stay put, don't get involved in these matters. So they violated the Quran, number one. Number two, if you really want reform, you have to be neutral. If Aisha wanted reform, why did she fight Ali ibn Abi Talib? If she really wanted reform, she had to stand in the middle and she said, okay, there's a problem between Ali and Muawiyah, let's solve it. But for you to side against Ali ibn Abi Talib, how is that reform? That's not reform. Same with Um Habiba. If she wanted to play a positive role, she could have gone out there. She said, okay, let's bring reform. Let me talk to Uthman. I'll tell him what you're doing is wrong and then let's make an agreement. No, she only defended Uthman. So that's not being um, neutral and not being objective. So what kind of reform are they talking about? If you want to bring reform, you have to be objective. Uthman was doing many wrong things. How come she did not go and talk to him and tell them? She could have told Malik al-Ashtar, look, let me go see Uthman. 
I'll try to mediate. If we want to say she had good intentions, I'll try to mediate, let's work a solution. She did not do that. She just wanted to help and defend Uthman. So that's the first critical point that we have um, when it comes to Um Habiba. Number two, you know when Muawiyah received that shirt of Uthman in which the blood was stained, parts of his beard that the rebels pulled was uh, attached to his shirt and he got up on the member of Sham and he mobilized tens of thousands of people against Imam Ali. Oh, Uthman has been killed unjustly and Ali is responsible. Let's go and fight and that's why Safin happened. Who sent Uthman this shirt? Um Habiba. She went to the family of Uthman, she told them give me this shirt. Now Uthman is her brother, he's the governor of Sham. So she sent this shirt with a man, with Nu'man ibn Bashir. She told Nu'man ibn Bashir, go right now to Sham and give this to Muawiyah and show the Mazlumiyah, you know how oppressed Uthman was. And it was this shirt that allowed Muawiyah to mobilize the Shamis against Imam Ali because he put the shirt on the member of Kufa, on the member of the masjid in, in Dimashq. He put it on the pulpit for I don't know 40 days maybe or for one, one full year. People would come and see the blood of Uthman, the blood of Uthman. People would cry, this is the Khalifa of the Muslimin, he's been killed. So she had a role in that and this was not a positive role. Number three, you know what she did when Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr was killed? Muhammad the son of Abu Bakr was one of the loyal companions of who? Imam Ali because he grew up, grew up in the house of Imam Ali. Why did he grow up in the house of Imam Ali? Because of his mother, Asma bint Umais. Uh, she was first married to Ja'far. Ibn Abi Talib, after Ja'far was killed in the battle of Mu'tah, later Abu Bakr married her and he had a son from her, Muhammad. After Abu Bakr died, Imam Ali married her because she was the, you know, the wife of his brother and the Imam wanted to care for her, so he married her and that's how Muhammad Ibn Abi Bakr grew up with Imam Ali and he came to love Imam Ali. So he was killed in Egypt and it was a very brutal death, you know, they killed him, they burned his body. When Um Habiba heard that Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr was killed and burned, you know what she did? We have, for instance, Ibn al-Jawzi, he mentions this hadith. He says, لَمَّا بَلَغَهَا خَبَرُ مَقْتَلِ مُحَمَّدْ إِبْنِ أَبِي بَكْرِ شَوَتْ كَبْشًا She took a lamb, a sheep, and she cooked it. She brought the cooked meat and she gave it to Aisha. She says, This is how your brother Muhammad was burned and cooked. Here, let's celebrate the death of your brother. Aisha became very, very upset at what she did. And she says, Aisha got so upset, she said, may God curse you, you're the daughter of the prostitute, the wife of Abu Sufyan. And number two, 
I will never eat cooked meat from now again. Fried meat, meshwe. No, not fried, grilled. Grilled meat, I would never eat that after that. Grilled lamb. Because I will always remember the death of my brother. So it shows you that the way she would handle these things was not appropriate. You know, a, a person dies, you come and you go to his sister and, and this is how you, uh, you know, you gift her some cooked meat and he says, this is how your brother died. You know, a person of good akhlaq does not do that. And remember, Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr was a mu'min. So for her to show happiness on the death of a mu'min is a big sin in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ibn Abil Hadid, as we mentioned before in Sharh Nahj al-Balagha, he says that there are indications she had hatred for Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib Most historians state that she died in the year 44 after the Hijrah at the age of 74. So remember she was born 30 years before Hijrah. So if she died 44 years after Hijrah, how old does that make her when she died? 74 years old and she was uh, buried in Baqiyah according to most historians. So this is the other wife of the Prophet Um Habiba bint Abi Sufyan.